0: Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55 KRC, The Talk Station, and we're just uh, hanging out in the studio today. This this cold winter weather and new warm temperatures approaching. We're thawing out.
1: <laughs> That's right. I don't. I don't know what the temperature is. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been fine.
0: it's been it's been kind of hard to to uh, nail it down. Right. We've been in the below zero all the way back up into the 50s and. Um it's just been really crazy lately but today we just want to talk about a topic um that we just see come up so often in practice. Yes. And we see it come up so often in our circles. We have three young kids. Yep. And they're uh they're 7, 5 and 2. And so we spend a lot of our time around people who have other kids. Right. And hearing about um their kids and you know one of the things that that we just are very blessed with is that we have three very healthy children.
1: Amen. It's been wonderful. Yeah.
0: And I really believe that we have just um, lifestyle to thank for that. And just the, the fact that we've learned things over the years that have really set our kids up for um, just having really uh, abundant health and, and really tremendous health. Um, I think one of the big things is that most parents don't want to see their kids sick.
1: Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's really tough to watch your kids suffer. And um, I, I can't help but think about it. Like, I can't I can't help but think about how the way God views us. Right. You know, like how like how does he allow us to suffer? I don't know. I don't want to go this existential with it. But um it's hard being a parent and watching your kids suffer through, you know, whatever it is whether it's migraines or whether it's a fever or the flu or uh, you know it could be anything but it's it's really tough to watch and i think um n- instinctively the immediate reaction is to obviously like make them as comfortable or not feel that pain, you know, as quickly as we can. and so i think we're going to dive into some things today that are going to be really helpful.
0: Yeah, our goal today is to really teach you guys the number one thing um that we we learned and uh, the number one thing and I learned it firsthand, and Ashley learned it um, through us having our, our children, right? And right. Really to understand this, but the the biggest principle and and how um, how we really keep our kids healthy. What is the one thing that we would choose over anything? Right. Like we believe in good nutrition, we believe in proper supplements. Our kids take supplements. We believe in avoiding certain things, and we change certain chemicals in our house, but there's one thing above all that we really hold dear and we really just want to spend, you know, the next hour with you guys, uh, teaching you, uh, and creating as much value as we possibly can around, you know, how, how we keep our kids so tremendously healthy. Right now you're hearing about stuff in the media you know, you're hearing about measles and this and that. And we've never, we've just really never had any fear over those things. Right. And I think it's because we feel more empowered and and that we're armed more to be able to defend against those things than they have power over us. Absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna be uh, breaking some stuff down in just a minute. I want to give you guys our phone number. And uh, if you're a longtime listener, you know that every week we um, we keep five appointment spots open specifically for anybody during the show who wants to get checked. Um, in in our office or wants to at least come in and do a consultation and see if we could help them. Um, So we have five appointment spots open every single week and the first five callers we get scheduled for those. So that phone number is 513-777-7575. You can also go to alignhealthcenter.com and schedule a request there for a new patient appointment. Uh, I also encourage you guys to go back. If what you hear today you really enjoy, go back and listen to our podcast either on DrRyanLive.com or on the podcast app by searching Align Your Health. So, Ash, let's get started with what we're talking about today. Um, Let's just go into this. There was uh, some research that came out of Germany a while back that said there's such thing as, as traumatic birth syndrome, and it's more common than we might actually think. Do you remember when we were talking about this article the other day? What was the right. percentage of births that ended up with trauma?
1: Right, with tra- or in C-section. Is that what, is that?
0: No, is was the, the percentage. Well, yeah, you actually found that statistic. Right. So let's go there first. What percentage of births actually end with C-section?
1: Right. So the data right now is telling us, but um, as little as just in 2016, we were at 31.9% of all births um, ending in C section. So
0: now is that trending up or down historically?
1: Right. Exactly. So it's interesting because so from those trends look like from 1996 to 2009, we skyrocketed in C sections. So in 1996, we sat at 20.7% of all births ended in C section. And then, like, just a skyrocket happened. And by 2009, we peaked um, at 32.7 percent of all births being a C-section. Then, since 2009, we've had a slow decline. So the good news is is that we're trending in the right direction, right? But it's been a very slow decline. So I mean, you can see that we're we're you know from 32.7 down to 31.9. So you know, not not a full percentage point that we're down, but we are trending in the right direction. So I think that there's some awareness that's coming around. Um, you know, just about people, uh, really questioning like the birth methods and 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 you know, knowing what they want going into it.
0: And those figures in other countries are are in the single digits. Right. Those those, those like we do surgical intervention at birth more than anyone. In fact, if you add in a episiotomy where they go in and they actually you know cut so that the baby right. can exit through the normal way. You're looking at more than 50% of all births in the United States have surgical intervention involved. Right. That means and, and these women, and we hear the stories, we hear this all the time. My baby was too big, my, my hips pelvis were too is too small, small, small right, right. my my pelvis is misaligned, whatever. And the reality is that there may be some complicating factors, but the sure. biggest reason why, and there have been multiple articles and studies and you know just do, do a Google search on this one. You'll read more than you want to about it. But it's actually all about convenience. It's all about how long that woman is in labor in a bed using up a room in a hospital. Right. They can get the baby out quicker surgically than they can by allowing her to labor for 20 or 30 hours. Right. Um, right. We don't even take I- interventions to make sure that she's comfortable and progressing well. And the problem with this, and the reason why we're talking about this today, is because the research says, that German research said, that 80% of all births end with trauma to the cervical spine of the infant being born.
1: Wow. 80%. Wow. That's astounding. They
0: were saying that this can be so bad that you have the base of your skull sits on the first two vertebra. And so the base of your skull is called the occiput, and then the first two vertebra are called your atlas and your axis. And they're saying the relationship between those three vertebrae because of how much movement, you know, that's where all of our rotation, turn your head, nod, you know, bend your head left and right. Most of that rotation is coming out of your upper neck. We're,
1: we're all doing it now. We're, yeah.
0: we're
1: all we're all bending as far as we can right now.
0: All that rotation, you can just feel It's all coming out of your upper neck. Right. Well, that's what allows the baby to turn its head as it comes through the canal and, 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 you know, be able to do the things that need to happen in order to get the head out first. Sure. And then um, traditionally speaking, you would catch a baby, the baby would be pushed out with the contractions if you we wait and let the, the process work like it's supposed to. But with drug intervention and all this, right. now babies are pulled out. Right. And the research is saying that they're pulled out with roughly 100 pounds of force. Woof. And they're actually stretching the baby's neck up to twice its normal length. Oh, my gosh. When they're using that force. Oh my gosh. So the reason we're talking about this today is we want to talk about the biggest principle we know and the biggest thing that we could do for our children was to make sure that that the the effects of that birth trauma right. weren't lasting them into their life.
1: Right. Right. And we can definitely, we, we can talk a little bit about, you know, what are the effects? You just said, are, are the effects lasting into their life? What are the effects lasting into their life? Um, we're going to go into a little bit of that. Uh, we got a lot of things to unpack with this. This is going to be a really fun show. I like this one.
0: You guys are listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC Detox Station. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC Talk Station. And we're talking about the one thing that every single one of us go through in life that can actually have a tremendous effect on our health and we don't even realize how how much of an effect it has unless somebody's really taught us right. that it's even an issue to begin with. Yeah. And that is we've all we all have, you know, white, black, uh,
1: purple. Purple. <laughs> male,
0: female. Right. Doesn't matter what you are, we all have gone through one experience and that is being born into this world. Right. And that what we've never been taught is that one of the most traumatic things we may have ever gone through. Unless we had some other major trauma in our life, like a huge car accident or something like that. But the probably the most traumatic thing we've ever gone through, especially if you were born in the last several decades.
1: Yes. we've We've really been butchering it lately.
0: And if you've been born in the United States.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Is your own birth process. Right. Right. And, and I, there's a stat here that's really sad, and I, and I want to share with you guys. I'm not proud of this by any stretch of the imagination, but I think we have to be very real about what's going on. We have to be honest with ourselves because if we understand this problem, then we know what precautions to take. But here's the reality: is the World World Health Organization uh, ranks all the countries of the world every so often in their World Report, and they go by all these different stats of what you know where we rank compared to other countries in terms of different health outcomes and health measures. Right. And this this gets put into a, a World Health Report. And also the CIA keeps stats on this. So the CIA Factbook 2012 references as well. But there are 44 countries in the world where your child is more likely to live after birth than the United States. That's crazy. And when it comes to kids living past the age of six, we are not the best country in the world for that. We were actually the 37th best country in the world for that. And that was only out of 37 countries being
1: being actually evaluated.
0: And so why is this happening? And the answer is it's happening from birth trauma Yep. because of the types of interventions at birth. Now, Ashley, you've done this three times. We had three kids. You had them all at
1: home. Yes, I did. I had them all at home. It was a great experience for me. And, you know, everybody has to give birth where they feel the most comfortable. And, you know, originally we were thinking that we were going to do it in a hospital. And we went uh, to that hospital and did that tour and said, Nope, don't feel comfortable here. This isn't what I want to do. And, uh, and, you know, we were a low-risk pregnancy and we had some beautiful experiences. And I'm very grateful for that.
0: And it's not to say that there aren't situations where kids would be better off born in a hospital Absolutely. or, 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 or and, and, and that's also not to say that there aren't situations where kids would be better off born at home.
1: Right. Right. That
0: There are scenarios for both, but what we do know is in the United States, birth is now risky business.
1: It's very risky. And you know what? It's, it's crazy because I think that we have all drunk the Kool-Aid, so to speak that, um, you know, I, I, I think there's there's a couple things going into this and one of them is that we've all drunk the Kool-Aid that you know the safest place you can possibly be is armed with you know your OBGYN the team of nurses in the hospital it's a beautiful experience for some people but i will say that all of the women who come to me and say i would like to have a natural birth whether it's at home or in a hospital um, the, you know, one thing I would always say is that you have to be committed to that, right? If you think maybe I want a natural birth, um, you're pro- like, it's probably not like, it's a, it's a hard process. So it's probably not going to happen if you're just, you know, on the fence about maybe I'd like to do that. Um, it's not like a walk in the park for sure. Um, and then the second thing is, is that if you are going into a hospital, you have to bring a doula with you. You have to have an advocate, right? Like you can't advocate for yourself while you're in the birthing process. And so, um, that's a great point. And, and listen, like, like, uh, the best thing, if you're a grandparent and you have a, you know, a daughter, you're, you know, soon to be grandparent, and you have a daughter who is pregnant. Best thing you could do for her is give her a present of a doula. And if you want some recommendations, we have some awesome recommendations that we can give you, but, um, cause
0: you're not in your right state of mind. You need guidance no. and you need someone who's been there and helped coach people through this multiple times over, who's right. seen all the scenarios, who knows right. what is and what isn't true. Does that doctor really want to just get out and, and go play golf? And that's why he's trying well, to speed things up? Exactly, exactly. Or is this actually a scenario where there's some concern? Um, I, I want to go to the reason we're talking about this isn't because we're necessarily talking about the dangers of birth or sure. where birth is better or any of that. Even though there is research um, from other countries showing that uh, children born to midwives in other countries have significantly less C-section rates, significantly better survival rates, significantly... Better uh, outcomes when it comes to uh, drug interventions and surgical interventions. Sure. That that the best outcomes in the world are in European countries where kids are born with doulas and midwives present, not where surgeons and physicians are pregnant. And that's right. We're not speaking poorly against surgeons, it's just the data is the data.
1: Right. right. And
0: we have to recognize that. But Dr. Abraham, uh, Abraham Taubin from Harvard Medical School. He's with the Department of Pathology over there, found that the birth process, even under optimal, ideal conditions, right? right. And this was a direct quote, he said, is potentially a traumatic, crippling event for the fetus, even when it's considered optimal for the mother right. or optimal for the pregnancy. He went on to say that spinal cord and brainstem injuries occur often during the process of birth, But very, 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 very frequently escape diagnosis.
1: Oh, that's so true. That right there, that statement alone is why every single newborn baby needs to get checked by a chiropractor.
0: We, uh, we we check children all the time. In fact, this week, if you go to our, our Facebook page at Align Chiropractic, it's uh, awesome. You can see it. There was a baby brought in this week. We got pictures of the baby being adjusted. And, and um, this kid's been adjusted since he was born. Right. Um, in fact, hours after he's born. So was his brother. And um, mom and dad were patients before that of mine. But the neat thing about this week when we adjusted this kid is he comes in and he's wearing a onesie that somebody gifted him and on the front of the onesie it says adjusted since birth oh my gosh it's and so then cute. i flipped him over to just kind of feel his little baby sacrum and in his uh-huh. lower back to make sure that all the nerves going to his diet uh, digestive organs are are going to be working well and you know there's no um subluxations they're restricting nerve uh, flow to, to the digestive organs. And I flip him over and there's a spine printed down the back of his onesie. It was really cute.
1: That's so cute. I love that.
0: And uh, so we just love adjusting newborns. I've gone to the hospital. I can't even count how many times adjusted so many kids gone to uh, homes when kids are right. born and adjust them in the home. And I love to share a couple stories with you. I have just so many I could share, but a couple that really stick out. But Dr. Dr. Taubman went on to say in in severe instances, and we, and we all know this, he said death may occur during delivery, or in cases, there could be respiratory function that is depressed a short period after birth. So that's failure to thrive, is right. when a kid is born and they can't breathe yep. and their heart rate starts dropping during the birth process. Well, we know from the Harvard medical studies on blood pressure, that the upper cervical spine and the first vertebra on the neck has a tremendous influence over blood pressure, better than blood pressure medication did. And that was out of the Harvard uh, hypertension studies.
1: Right. That's amazing.
0: And then there was also, or sorry, University of Chicago hypertensive studies, not Harvard. But then there was also um, research, there's research that shows that you know what Dr. Talbon was saying that our breathing becomes affected because the same area regulates breathing and when these infants have spinal trauma they can't breathe and so when we adjust kids when we notice them we check them for subluxation we adjust that first vertebra everything starts to normalize their breathing their heart rate all that regulation and that trauma sometimes happens right in that very instant in which they're delivered and then no one's there to check for subluxation in the spine. The hospital's not trained to check for subluxation. Right. The doctor's not trained to check for subluxation because they're not a chiropractor. Right. And and that's who checks for subluxation as a chiropractor. And so really we should have a chiropractor attending every single delivery or at least on call for situations that are dangerous during delivery. So, um, I want to share, I want to share, you know, our story. Yeah, absolutely. We have a story with Hudson and, uh, what happened was during our birth, Hudson was in the in the birth canal and crowning for approximately almost three hours, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time.
0: the the The, the whole labor process was roughly twenty four hours, roughly something like that.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, really, active labor was probably about sixteen hours, but yeah, lighter. Um. L- it was our first active. one. We didn't know what what, right. what
0: what 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 was what right. But here's the story: is that H- Hudson was born. And he's in the canal for hours. His head's crowning for hours. We finally get him delivered and he comes out and, you know, it was a scary time. And I get emotional telling the story, but he was literally gray when he was born. He wasn't, he wasn't blue. Like he hadn't been breathing. It was like he hadn't been breathing for a while. He was gray. Right. He did not look good. He was not moving. He was not making any noise. It was a very scary moment. You were having some light complications bleeding. Right. And so the midwife's attending to you and I remember you rubbing him and just saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, buddy. And I remember thinking he's not moving. Like he's supposed to be like crying, screaming, kicking around. And I remember the only thing I knew to do was I reached down and I was touching his upper neck and I was feeling, I remember he he could bend his head all the way to the left side. No problem. Almost kind of too much. It felt like. Right. And then he'd go to bend his head to the right side and it was completely restricted. Yep. And I remember giving the, the, just as I was motioning it out that vertebra, while my finger was on it, just went click and, and it was actually accidental. Right. And then all of a sudden, literally all the color came back into his body immediately.
1: Life flowed through him.
0: And it was amazing knowing that that life was in there and it wanted to be expressed, mm-hmm. but something was shutting it down and restricting it from actually being expressed. Right. And so that's why we check kids at birth. I'll tell you a little more about that story because it was really amazing um, so coming up, tell you guys more about that, and then tell you like why do we check kids? Why do we adjust kids? You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC The Talk Station. I
1: feel glorious,
0: glorious. Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to 55KRC The Talk Station. This is Align Your Health, the show about maximizing your health without drugs and surgery. And today we're talking about one of our favorite things, which is how we come into this world. And you know we're born and we come into the world. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of like welcome to the world, but not everyone has the fullest expression of life from the moment they're born.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: That some people are born and the expression of life, like we were talking about with Hudson's story, which I'll recap, you know, for here's the write down the write down our phone number. Cause I I, right. I, I hate interrupting the story, but write down our phone number 513-777-7575 because if this sounds like something you may have gone through in your birth process when we start listing off some of the warning signs.
1: Right.
0: You're going to want that number. If you're an adult and you're like I heard this about myself when I was born or I I know I had that when I was a kid, then that that that's still an issue and we're going to talk about why that's important. But here's what happened with our son, he was born, he wasn't breathing his his heart rate or his pulse was barely palpable. Right. He's literally gray in color, he's not moving, he's not crying. He just looks lifeless when he was born. It was the scariest moment of my life. It probably was not that long. It was probably a minute or so, but it felt like an eternity. I reach down. I start feeling his upper neck. I'm sitting behind my wife, reaching around her. I start feeling his upper neck, and I'm bending to the left, and his head just moves like crazy to the left, and to the right, it's restricted. It's locked up. It won't even really budge bending that way, and the weird thing was it wouldn't budge. It was locked up. Normally with a kid, they would start crying or fussing. He wasn't even doing that. It was like nothing. And I did this three or four times feeling, I could tell that atlas, his upper vertebra, the first vertebra in the neck, the one that Dr. Talbin from Harvard said gets injured so easily. I was putting a little bit of pressure on that as I bent him to the side. I was actually kind of afraid to adjust him at first. Right. Like I've I've adjusted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids, but I was afraid to adjust this one because he was mine.
1: Right. (laughs) And when I
0: bent him that one time, just to the side, all of a sudden I felt that atlas, just the tiniest little click. And all the color rushed back into his body and it wasn't the color, I, I, I described it as, it was the expression of life yep. flowing through his nervous right. system again. That life cried. was there, yep. he cried, he probably peed himself, <laughs> he was fussing, it was the most beautiful thing to right. see this the life, like literally you could see the color come back into mm-hmm. his skin. So think about this, think about how powerful this is. There's a small amount of pressure on the brainstem and spinal cord from a lot of stress going through the birth canal. And that vertebra misaligned so much that it was putting just enough pressure on the spinal cord to literally shut down the communication in that spinal cord. Right. The research says, you guys ready for this, that the weight of a dime on a nerve or on your brainstem would shut down the signals going through there by 60%. It's incredible. Now, all the contractions, all the force, the twisting of his head. And the problem was he wasn't coming out anterior like he was supposed to with what they call anterior where his face presents downward and then goes into extension. He was coming out the other way, face up, and his head was being bent the opposite direction of what the anatomy is supposed to be doing during that process. So his poor little neck curve is being damaged, and then we had to pull to get him out, and his neck ends up getting injured. And literally, if he was born in a hospital and there wasn't a chiropractor around, he probably would have been on life support for weeks. They probably would have been pumping air into his lungs for him, pumping his heart for him, but we we didn't require that. It took one small, albeit maybe even accidental adjustment. (laughs) I didn't even mean to thrust on that vertebra. I was just checking it, and all of a sudden, click, and literally life comes back into his body.
1: And that kind of trauma happens in forcep deliveries. It happens in C-section deliveries like you talked about earlier. It happens in, it, it, it even happens in normal vaginal deliveries where, you know, the babies just have to be pulled on too hard or maybe they spend too much t- time in the canal, you know, and, whatever And a lot it is. of it's
0: because of the drugs we use, because of the interventions we use. Right, right. That we're using Pitocin and then all of a sudden the contractions are too hard and it's too stressful. The baby's heart rate drops. So now we slow them up with another drug and now the birth takes way too long and the baby's in the canal way too long. So now we're literally going, okay, we got to get the baby out of here. We either cut them open, pull the baby out through a direction it's never intended to come out, where the muscles are pulling in on the baby instead of pushing out, or we put some forceps, which look like large medical-grade salad tongs around their head, (laughs) and pull them out. Or the new way is, not even doing that, but sticking a vacuum to the top of the head. And unless you put it perfectly on the center part of the back of the head and you pull the baby out in extension, you're going to damage that because you're pulling and you're pulling the neck into like a sideways you know right. bending or twisting right. and they're pulling that vacuum and i mean literally think the vacuum the suction on the top of that vacuum is hard enough to create a seal on the head of the kid and pull the kid out
1: i mean it's crazy and it's no wonder that 80% of all births trauma that that it ends in trauma to the cervical spine yeah. 80% of all births so what does that look like what what does it look like if you have trauma to the spine at birth and we're talking about 80% of all births have trauma to the spine then we can the next lateral move there is is that A lot of times, okay, so a lot of times you're a mom, you give birth, it's a little bit traumatic. But then you get your baby in your arms and your baby's like, you're like, this baby's okay. Like it's, you know, it's breathing. breathing it's fine. His and we're going to go beating. home. His heart's He's beating. Gonna eat. His lungs are breathing. He's eating. And then you, you, then you start worrying about, you know, you go home and you start worrying about the next thing, right? Like the swaddles and the, where are we sleeping? And the, how do we get the sleep schedule? And is the nursery set up and, and the diapers? And you're thinking about all these different things, but and that suddenly, little baby
0: seems perfect. But seems sometimes perfect. like Dr. Taubin said, the trauma goes unnoticed.
1: Trauma goes unnoticed. And then, so so in early childhood. The things that we see develop from kids who have birth trauma is poor latches, call it.
0: Yeah, well, let's go there. So you get your yeah. kid home. Yeah. And rather than just listen to them off, you get your kid home. And the first thing is you're trying to breastfeed and it's not going well. Right. Well, a poor latch, you got to remember that the nerves that control the tongue and the nerves that control the suckling reflex, which is when you put something, you touch a kid's cheek, it tries to turn and put whatever is there in its mouth. That's yeah. a reflex. And those early reflexes are controlled and sustained via the nervous system. So if there's trauma to the nerves, you're going to get a poor suckling reflex. You're going to get a poor latch. The tongue may not be strong enough. They, they may not be able to coordinate the movement of the tongue well, Which all is- because of dysfunction to the hypoglossal nerve and 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 the the nerves that are coming out of the upper part of the neck, right there at the brainstem, right at the level of C one,
1: which oftentimes could be misdiagnosed as a tongue tie, as a tongue tie, as a lip tongue,
0: tie. Right, right. I hear weird stuff, and and I know I don't usually use this word on the radio, but moms are told that their nipples are shaped weird and all kinds right. of weird stuff. Right, right. But the reality is, does it make more sense that maybe that kid is having a hard time controlling things because of stress on the nerves from trauma at birth? Or does it make more sense that your anatomy is shaped weird or that the kid has a tongue tie or lip tie, extra skin where they shouldn't have extra skin?
1: Right, right. That's
0: just common sense says, check the subluxation first, remove the interference and, and allow the body to function like it was intended to and get the stress off of the nerve. So the second thing is then, the next thing is, well, my baby's not sleeping well.
1: Yeah, right. Sleep yeah, sleep is a huge you know, and it's funny because um I we we our, our kids, once they've all reached about six weeks old, have started sleeping, you know, pretty beautifully at night, going for longer stretches, six to eight hour stretches. And um a lot of times people would say, you know, you're so lucky that you have a kid that can sleep through the night and I do think we've been very blessed in a lot of ways. But I am going to tell you that I, I hang my hat on chiropractic care for those babies that were able to, you know, go th- you know go through the birth experience and then at 6 weeks be able to start sleeping for those longer stretches.
0: Yeah, I remember we had a family they had three so they had twins. Yeah. And oh. then they had then they had a uh, daughter who when their twins were conceived was like 11 months old or something. So they oh had like gosh. what an 18 19 month old, 18 month old I think and then had twins. And I remember when they came in um that that uh they Literally had not slept in like three months. Their, ki- their <laughs> twins were like three months old and they looked like zombies. They
1: did look like zombies. And uh, oh I remember
0: gosh. they came in, they had all three kids and the kids were fussing and crying. Actually, all the kids were kind of calm in our office, but you could tell, like, I'm like, so, you know, they seem like they're okay. What's going on? They're like, they do not sleep through the night. Right. One of them might sleep, but the other two are awake. And then that one, you know, one of right. those falls asleep and the other, and then the other one wakes up and they're like, so we have literally tried to take turns. But the problem is if two of them are up, it takes both of us. They're like, we have not slept in three months. It
1: was and so sad. And
0: they said, we have a friend who said their daughter got adjusted and she slept for eight straight hours. <laughs> and they're like, I don't even know how you do this. I don't know what you like. I could have told them that chiropractic, <laughs> you know, like we could have right, right. told them it was witchcraft or whatever. And uh, and they would have signed up for it. But it right. made sense. I said, look, your kids were born. Something this you know a, a eight nine pound child seven eight pound child came out through a not very large opening. There's a lot of stress involved. There's right. contractions. There's this whole thing, and what we find is that a lot of kids have stress in their in their spine in their nervous system. Try try going to bed with a headache or a neck ache and how uncomfortable you are. Right. And here the child may be going through that. So I said we're gonna check them. We're just gonna see if there's any restricted motion, and we're gonna and we took some temperature readings because the nervous system can be evaluated through temperature bilaterally. And uh, what we found was the kids did have some stress in their upper neck, and we adjusted all three kids. And the next morning, they didn't even have an appointment, but they showed up at our office. They were the first people in the door, and they said, whatever you did yesterday, do it again today. <laughs> and they weren't even scheduled to be back in our office for like three days. And I'm like, what happened? And they said, they all fell asleep and took a nap in the car, and we were kind of freaked out because we didn't want them sleeping during the day. We wanted them to right. sleep at night. So we woke them up after a little while, and then they went to bed at night, and all three of them slept for eight straight hours. <laughs>
1: And then you had the moms of twins groups banging down your door. Oh,
0: we literally saw, gosh, I don't even know. I think we saw 15 sets of twins in the next six weeks because this mom right. took to Facebook and was right. telling the story. And they said they literally got up and checked to make sure their kids were breathing and okay throughout the night because they were so quiet and so restful and so peaceful that they didn't even believe it. So if, if 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 you have had a story like that with kids, poor latching, sleep issues, we're going to name some other things we coming up. <laughs> and uh, if that's you, I want you guys to give us a call at 513-777-7575. Let us consult with you and tell you how we're going to be able to help you. Um, you're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC Detox Station. I feel glad. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin. You're listening to 55KRC Talk Station. This is Align Your Health, a show about maximizing your health without dangerous drugs and surgery. We're talking about birth trauma. We're talking about chiropractic intervention for newborns, why it's so important. Right. We're talking about the things that happen when there is spinal trauma, and that's not an, an if, that is a when, because if you have a kid or have several kids of them, is what the research says, end in trauma to the cervical spine. And that trauma, often they use 100 pounds of force to pull a baby out, either vaginally or via Mm -hmm. C-section. I had a story from a nurse. She was telling me that most C-sections, they pull so hard that the nurses have to stand on either side of the mom holding her down to the table because the mom would actually come up off the table when they're pulling the baby out.
1: Absolutely. So this
0: is not, you know, this is not a small amount of force. Any of, any of you who work in obstetrics, um, you guys have seen this stuff, you know, and then and then we throw into that, you throw in forcep deliveries and vacuum deliveries and all this. And, you know, we even told our own story with our, our child who had that. But what are the warning signs? We talked about colic. We talked about poor latch. Um, another one, the one that I suffered poor with. Poor
1: sleep, we talked about. Poor yeah.
0: sleep. The one, the one, uh, so colic, we didn't actually talk about colic. We talked about poor sleep, but why do these right. kids have colic? They're now calling colic in some circles. Neurologists are referring to colic as infantile migraine syndrome. So what it actually is, is it's spinal trauma, ends in subluxation, puts pressure on nerves and these kids are actually getting migraines. That's why they can't sleep and they're screaming and crying, you know, and the, the, they used to, the, the term, the nickname for colic used to be, you had a bad baby.
1: Oh my gosh! And it's
0: like you don't have a bad baby; your baby's having migraines.
1: Yeah, and when when I learned this, when we read that study that said it was it was, they're linking it to infantile migraines. It was literally heartbreaking.
0: Heartbreaking because I've had migraines before. You've had a migraine right? before. I used to right? suffer with them before chiropractic care.
1: They're horrible. And to horrible. think of an infant having to go through that—no th- wonder. Th- and think
0: about it. What you know about colic? For those of you who've gone through it or have kids who've gone through it, they're they're they're. Unconsol, inconsolable. Yep. They're screaming. They're crying. right. They start. They, you think they're going to sleep. They start waking up crying again. And literally, they don't go to sleep until they're completely, utterly, exhausted. physically exhausted, and yep. they can't do it. And then the slightest movement can wake them up again because that migraine is, is so debilitating. So we we see kids colic. We adjust them. Yeah. Within a couple adjustments, all of a sudden they're back to being you know healthy. Sleeping kids. Yeah. Um, Another one, ear infections. This is super common. And especially this time of year, kids who are born in the fall, higher susceptibility to ear infections because they're born, they have that spinal trauma, they've never been adjusted. They're going through inclement weather and seasonal changes. And our sinus cavities and our ears, they change similar to a weather balloon, pressure changes. Right. And so why, why would we go through a season and one kid gets tons of ear infections and the other kid doesn't? God yeah. just gave that kid a crappy immune system or what, what happened here? No, it's because one kid has the ability to adapt to the changes and adapt to the, the seasonal you know, uh, challenges. Right. And the other kid doesn't because the system in the body that's controlling the adaptation, the nervous system, has been injured. Right. So we start adjusting these kids, usually in the upper neck, around occiput C1, C2. Why? Because guess where the nerves come from that go directly to the ears?
1: Right up there in the right upper neck. right there,
0: off the brainstem. Yep. And so, we adjust him in that upper neck area, and all of a sudden, right away. Uh, I'll, here's a here's a story from the practice. This is a good friend of ours. Um, they brought their daughter. Her her name's Grace. They brought Grace in. Grace was actually seen another chiropractor at the time, and um, they were using uh some pretty gentle techniques on him, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But Grace had been through a pretty you know challenging birth situation and not to mom necessarily mom mom didn't really say it was that challenging but on on grace it was challenging right she's suffering from this ear infection and there's literally blood and pus coming out of the ears and they're saying chiropractic's not working you know all these other interventions weren't working medical interventions whatever and so they're obviously recommending tubes in the ears and so forth antibiotics and i say just just bring just bring grace in. let me check her and the one thing is sometimes chiropractors are actually afraid to get in there and, and actually move the bone because the kids are delicate.
1: Right, right.
0: And I, I am very cautious about how I do this and I'm very specific. But at the same time, I also make sure that we get in there and we actually change the situation and correct the problem, which unfortunately sometimes takes a little bit of force and a little movement, bit of movement. right. And so I adjusted Grace and the noise that it made when we had moved that first vertebra, it made this little clunk noise, kind of like cracking a knuckle. That was really yeah. a deep sound. And immediately Grace starts calming down, stops crying, and they take her home that night and she had literally blood and pus coming out of her ears when they brought her into my office. Her bilateral temperatures at her ear, the bilateral temperatures were off. They should be even. They should never be over about a half a degree to a degree. When they brought her in, hers were off by seven degrees. Oh, wow. And that's an indication as to how balanced and how homeostatic that nervous system is functioning. And if it's off, that means there's a lot of stress on one side more than the other. So we adjusted the low temperature side and clunk makes this noise. She fusses a little bit, immediately stops crying, give her to mom, mom nurses her. They go home, they wake up the next morning, no ear infection whatsoever. We look in her ears, grab an otoscope, can't see a single thing, no blood, no pus.
1: It's amazing. Ear
0: healed. And uh, it's it's just amazing. We see this happen over and over again. So ear infections are one, very common. Very uncommon in chiropractic kids. Eighty percent less ear infections amongst the chiropractic population.
1: Right. And, you know, it's interesting is I was having a conversation this week with a mom who um, they're, you know, her doctors are recommending that they get their second set of tubes in her daughter's ear. And they're also saying that, you know, your first set of tubes didn't work. So we'd like to do the second set of tubes and we'd also like to remove her adenoids. And the interesting thing is is that the floodgates of other moms that are saying, Oh yeah, we did the tubes, we did the adenoid surgery, like it's great. Remove those body parts. It's not great. That exactly. That and was my story. Exactly. Exactly. And that and that's the, the conversation that we had to say with her. And we say, listen, there are different ways to manipulate physiology. And you can do that through um cutting through out drugs. body parts. You can do it through cutting out a body parts. You can also do it through chiropractic care. You can also do it through removing the interference. But the ultimate, the reason why removing the interference and letting the body heal naturally is far and beyond the best decision that you can make for your child is because the implications of it later in life are nothing compare especially compared to when you're cutting out body parts your adenoids yeah. are part of your lymphatic system they're well, part of how you fight off infection yeah. you're and and then taking d- taking drugs um is is also going to have huge implications on your immune system later on in life. so let's
0: speak to this say you're an adult and you're listening right now and you're like wow this is really fascinating i wish i knew this when my kids were born but that's already passed. Right. Well, let me tell you, as somebody who lived with, so I was the kid with ear infections. I was the kid with tonsillitis. I was the kid with allergies. And when I started getting adjusted, literally my tubes fell out of my ears on their own. And unfortunately, I didn't grow regrow tonsils and adenoids. I wish that was the case, but I right. had already lost body parts. But I'll tell you this, had my parents not had me checked eventually by a chiropractor when I was eight years old... I would have been an adult now at 37 years old walking around with subluxations in my spine for the last 37 years, not for eight years. Right. And so this is one thing I really want as an adult listening, what you really need to be thinking is if 80% of birth have spinal trauma and subluxations and only about 10% to 15% of the population is on a regular chiropractic care what that means is the vast majority of adults walking around have had subluxations in their spine especially in their upper neck since they were born since they were and born. so now you're 20 you're 30 you're 40 you're having headaches maybe you're having sinus problems you're having sleep apnea you're having you know acid reflux you're, you've had allergies over the years or or trouble breathing Those are all indications that maybe there have been subluxations in your spine. Maybe you've never gone through anything traumatic other than your own birth. But there's a possibility that you've been walking around with subluxation in your spine for the last 20 years.
1: And you know that because some of those signs, like we talked about, the poor latch, the colic, the poor sleep, the ear infections. But maybe you were a kid with croup or allergies or asthma or digestive issues or constipation. And all of those are also linked to um, trauma at birth. It's birth trauma to the spine.
0: So if you're an adult with children or if you're an adult that at one point was a child (laughs) – Then what you need to do is give us a call at 513-777-7575. We'd love to work with you. Until next week, you guys, have a blessed week. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, The Talk Station.